0: been talking about prayer and uh, I titled this message a uh, prayer time and uh, John Wesley said it seems God is limited by our prayer life that he can do nothing for humanity unless someone asks him unless someone asks him people says well you know I don't know about prayer listen prayer is so e- necessary and essential to your life and uh, sometimes we don't if we don't understand prayer or something we, we may not be as apt to pray. But if you understand the importance of it, and if you instead see what the Bible says about prayer, which the Bible says a lot about prayer, I'm talking about a lot. I'm talking about through the gospels, through the epistles that Paul wrote. And uh, so, you know, if, if God has to, uh, uh, needs our our assistance and us praying to cause things to happen, we need to learn to pray and we need to pray. I said this the other day. I said, I used to be very reluctant to pray because I didn't think I could pray pray good enough. Have you ever heard somebody pray and you said, I wish I could pray like that? And that's where where I say, I wish I could pray like them. I would love to be able to pray like them. And, you know, just like when I become a preacher or God called me to preach, I was trying to mimic other preachers and God finally just said, enough with that. You're who I called you to be. You be you. And so I became me in, in, in preaching. And, uh, but anyway, I want to go to Luke again in verse 18. I want to start in verse 1 once again. It's kind of been our foundation scripture that we've kind of started with. And, uh, so we're going to do that also, uh, uh this morning. And, uh, I want to read in the New Living Translation, verse 1, chapter 18, it says, One day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. That they should always what and what never give up. That means never quit. Listen, I found this out. Listen, I'm gonna kind of switch this and say that if you'll pray, you'll never give up. If you'll pray, you'll if you're a, if you'll be a person of prayer, you won't be a person who gives up. Y'all hear? See how quiet it got in here real quick. If you'll be a person of prayer, you'll be a person that never gives up. Because I'm telling you, you got to understand the power that's in prayer. And then he told a story. He said there was a judge in a certain city, he said, who, ne- who neither feared God nor cared about people. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly saying, give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Now listen to what he said. He's talking about an unjust judge. And then he said this, the Lord said, "Learn a lesson from the unjust judge. Even he rendered a just decision in the end, so don't you think God will surely give justice to his chosen people who cry out to him day and night? Will he not keep putting will he he who crowd day and night will he keep putting them off i tell you he will grant justice to them quickly but when the son of man returns how many will he how many will he find on earth who have faith i'm telling he was talking to, and gave a parable and a story about a woman who needed to get a, a, a get an answer concerning their her adversaries that was obviously bombarding her And he I guess he probably told her no, probably told her no, and probably told her no, and probably told her no. And she said, listen, I'm not going to say take no for an answer. I'm getting justice for this, and I know my laws, and I know what's my rights, and I'm coming. Finally, he said, well, I don't care about God. I don't even care about people. In other words, I don't care about God, and I don't care about that woman. But yet, because she won't quit, because she won't quit, I'm going to give her her answer. God says if the unjust judge would do that for her, what will God do for you? Because he's not an unjust God, he's a just God, a caring, loving God. And the whole story about this, the story is this, persistence in prayer. In other words, not giving up, not giving in, not quitting. He said when the Son of Man comes, will he find that kind of faith on the earth or in his people? A faith that says, you know, once I figure out that I have a right to something, I ought to hang on to it till I get the manifestation of it. Kind of jumped ahead of myself. But anyway, so we found out Jesus said men ought to always pray and not to lose heart, not to give up, not to quit. And then in Luke chapter 11, verse 1, Jesus was praying. It says in verse 1, it says, Now it came to pass as he was praying, talking about Jesus in a certain place, when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught. His disciples. So here they were in prayer. Jesus was praying. And next thing you know, that one of the disciples came and Jesus said, Jesus, why don't you also teach us to pray? Do you know we need to be taught to pray? Pray. Taught to pray. We ought to want to be taught to pray. In fact, when I read that, I started saying, Jesus, teach me to pray. Say it with me. Jesus, Jesus, teach teach me to pray. Listen, there must be a way to pray if we need to be taught to pray. Right? There must be a way to pray if they needed to be taught to prayer. And I believe this is why they asked Jesus to teach them to pray because I think they saw the results that he got from praying. Did you know Jesus prayed to the Father? I found it, I I figured this out. If Jesus had to pray, how much more do we need to pray? I mean, you'll find out through the scriptures that Jesus will say, "I'll, I'll ask the Father and he will give you. I will ask the Father, and He will give you. He felt like he needed, uh, he he had to ask God for what God wanted to do for them already. Huh? I think sometimes if we're not careful, we'll get caught up in this 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 thought pattern saying this. Well, if God wants to do it, He's going to do it. That that's where people's missing out on God. They're missing out on a lot of things in their lives because they're assuming because God already knows what I need before I ask that I don't have to ask. He's just going to do it. They're assuming that and there's a lot of frustrated Christians because they're saying, well, I'm a Christian. I love God. I believe in God. I read my Bible, but yet God's not doing what he said he would do. Are you asking him? Are you asking Him? Are you talking to Him? Are you visiting with Him? Are you communicating with Him? Are we just people who the only time God ever hears our voice is when we're in a crisis? Ouch. Listen, there's nothing wrong with praying in a crisis because you can pray yourself out of a crisis. Did y'all hear me? You can pray yourself out of a crisis, but I'm telling you something. Our mindset... Does not need to be if, you know, uh, now I'm in a bind right now, so I need some help. I need to pray. No, 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 you're to get up in the morning if you got every bill paid and, and, and you're healthy, have a healthy body and everything's going well for you. You should still get up and pray Amen. and fellowship and worship and honor God. Amen. And so you know, I found this out. Like Linda said, uh, Rusty Martin said, uh, "Prayer is a labor until it comes a passion." Some of the most dreaded times in people's lives is their prayer time. That's an ouch, yeah. huh? Yeah. You know, I, I, I I'll just tell on myself. Man, I used to I used to think, "Good Lord, I need to, I gotta pray. I gotta pray." Well, you don't got to. You get to. But I held myself in bondage because of my lack of knowledge because I kept thinking, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to do. So I felt like I'm just not going to do anything until the Lord just spoke to me one day and said, just talk to me like you would your dad. Just fellowship with me like you would your dad. Just talk to me. Tell me your needs. Tell me your wants. Tell me your desires. Tell me what's going on. And don't hesitate to ask me when you have a need. Listen, we all have needs, right? There's nobody in here that don't have a need. I'm going to teach you on on prayer that's going to help you. Trust me, it's going to help you. It helps me. In uh, Matthew 7, go to Matthew 7 if you will. Matthew chapter 7. I want to make this where we won't pray. (laughs) We desire to pray. I'm going to give these what I gave Wednesday night real quick For those of you who might not be here and might be taking notes. If you're not taking notes, you can record them in your mind. Prayer is fellowshipping with God. Prayer will keep us close to God. Prayer will cause us to be sensitive to God. I wrote this down last night as I was in my my study studying. Prayer will cause us to trust God. Prayer will cause us to be liable to God. Liable mean to His voice and to His leading. Liable means bound, responsible, and answerable. Liable to God. Do you know we need to be liable to God? Yeah. Look at Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Matthew 7, verse 7. It says, ask. Ask. And listen, listen, listen to the wording. Ask, and it will be given to you. Ask and it what? It what? That almost sounds like it's going to happen. Don't it sound like that to you, Elijah? Ask and it will be given to you. Ask and it will be. I love God's positiveness. I love the way the Word talks to us. It don't say, it it, it would have been different if He had said, ask and it might be given to you. Then we could wonder. Then we could doubt. Then we could say, we don't know if God wants to do it or not, but He says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. Almost sounds like He wants to do something for us, don't it? Does it? Sounds like He wants to do something for us. But He's also wanting us to ask. He wants us to knock. He wants us to seek. Who? Him. Notice what it says. For everyone who, who asks, receives... For everyone who asks what? For everyone who asks what happens? He said, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be open. For what man is there among you who, if his son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent? Listen to what he said. If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more? Will your father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Listen, he said, if you want to do something good for your family, how much more will God want to do even more for you? There's not a, there's not a good parent. In this house, our good parent that's got children that does not want their kids to exceed them and do better than they are and to give them everything that they need in life. Not none of us, we all are. He said, if you're that way, how much more will your Father in Heaven give good things to those who what? See, we may be falling short in the asking department. asking is praying huh you got you got to figure this out about god you can't blow his mind well I, I don't know if I can ask god for that what is it we can't ask him for that would make him go hold on uh oh are you crazy Who do you think I am? God? But sometimes we get to the place where I don't want to ask Him. People will even make the like, I don't want to bother God. I think it bothers Him that we don't ask Him. Nothing bothers God, by the way, I just want you to know. But the thing about it is, sometimes we've got to change our mentality when it comes to prayer. We've got to change our our mentality when it comes to God and what He desires. In fact, the Bible says in Ephesians 3, He says, For God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that you could... Are I'm telling you, God says, listen, you think big because I'm a big giver you got to think big amen you got to think big i re- I remember a, a a story and i've probably told you this, this before and it was about a, a a professional golfer that went overseas to one of these other countries and and was uh playing golf with one of the uh, the kings of that country and and he was wanting to, uh, 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 play golf with him. And after he got through playing golf, the king asked him, he said, what, uh, what would you like for me to give you? What would you like for me? He said, you don't have to do anything for me. I've just, I've just enjoyed coming and playing golf with you. You don't need to do anything. And he said, no, just ask me whatever, whatever you want to ask me. He said, well, just give me a golf club. He went back to the States. And before long, he got this envelope in the mail, and it was a title to a 500 acre golf club. Now he's thinking a little swinging. God was thinking the whole enchilada. I want to give you the whole thing. Listen. I'm telling you, if we're not careful, that's the way we think sometimes. I need a thousand dollars, but God, if you can just give me a hundred. I sure don't want to shock God's ears by saying, I need a thousand. Listen to me. you got to understand in prayer, God needs to know what you need. I'll get to that later, probably not today. But I'm telling you, we got to understand, God loves for you to ask. Just ask. It says keep asking. Listen, when it says keep asking, it don't mean... listen. Oh, Jesus. God has not called us to be beggars. He's not asking us to beg you. He's our Father. He said, ask. Just ask. He said, keep asking. It's not telling you that, if I, I'll, I'll be praying, talking about the prayer of faith through these teachings and such as that, because I'm telling you something. When you ask for something, what, what does Mark eleven twenty four 24 say? What sort of things you desire, when you what? Believe that you and you shall have them. Boy, I'm, we're getting something around here. Y'all, can, y'all are quiet. I can throw words out there and you just fill in the blanks. Amen. Glory to God. That's what we need to be. Amen. Amen. You need to know these scriptures. You need to know these things. Because He said, when you pray. Didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray. Listen, there's things happen when you pray, not when you're thinking about praying. Well, I thought about praying Yesterday. Well, did you make it? Well, no, I got busy. But you let your old big toe get stomped on by something, you'll say, oh, God, it's time to pray. Or you let something come up in the mail, and you say, oh, it's time to pray. Listen to me. There's nothing wrong with praying over all those things such as that, but we need to establish a prayer life with God, and we need to have a communication with God. We need to love God, and we need to ask, and we need to keep asking. That means this, don't, don't quit asking God for things. Don't quit. Don't quit seeking God. I love that song. It's like that last song, Stacey, sung that new song. And don't quit knocking because it'll be opened unto you. Amen? Matthew 6, 8 says, For your Father knows the things that you have need of before you... Before you what? Well, it sounds like God's interested in us asking. Now, how should we ask? Let's look, if you will, to James. Uh, or, I mean, uh, let's see, where do I want to go? Let's go to 1 John. 1 John chapter 5. And I have a clock right up here on my iPad. Everybody know I I know what time it is. Kind of tells us how we are to ask. It says, now this, verse 14 says this. Now this is the confidence that we have in God. That if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. That if we ask anything according to His will, what does He do? Hear us. If we ask anything according to His will, we know that He hears us. And if we know that He hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of Him. Listen, what is God's will? His word. God's word is His will. God, everybody say it with me. God's word is his will. So what you have, whatever you have before you right now, your Bible, your iPad or whatever you have, about, you have the will of God in your hands. And he said, if you'll ask according to my will, he's going to hear you and he's going to give you the petitions that you have asked of him. Why? Because you're asking according to the will. I don't know about you, but if somebody called me up and if I got a letter in the mail or something like that and I had a very rich relative and uh, uh, or had all a bunch of money and a bunch of stuff and all such as that and I got a letter saying, listen to me, your uncle passed away and you are named in the wheel. And we're going to read this thing on Friday. Let me tell you where I'm going to be on Friday. Can I tell you where I'm going to be on Friday? I'm going to be at that lawyer's office or wherever they're going to read this will at. Why? Because my name's in it. In other words, there's something in that will for me and I want to find out what it is. Why? Because I can. Listen to me. Listen, it's going to be good. I can't claim it if I don't know what it is. I said, I can't claim it if I don't know what it is. But I can promise you this. If I go sit in that office and they look at me and say, Randy Ayers, your uncle loved you dearly. He loved you so much, he gave you it all. I said, hello. Love my uncle. And then you know what I'm going to start figuring out now, Saul? What all is it? Give me the paper. I want to read everything. You get a million dollars. You get all this. Oh, hallelujah. And then, you know, the next day I'm going to be at the bank. I'ma be at the house. Whatever I gotta go to get it. Why? Because I'm in the wheel. And I done find out what's mine. The will of God is the Word of God. And when you get into the Word, the will, you find out what's yours. And then you can lay claims to that. You pray according to that. And when you pray according to that, the Bible says you will have the petitions that you have asked of Him. I, I thought about this last night sitting. I got, I almost had a, a run, I almost had a runaway in my, in my, you have to understand, I have a little room in the back bedroom. I got a desk sitting here, a bed sitting here. You couldn't go. But I, I felt like I needed to have a runaway. But I had nowhere to run. <laughs> Guess I could have run through the kitchen. Linda thought I'd done lost my mind. And I got to thinking about the wheel. I've got 66 books in the Bible that gives me God's will for my life. And all I have to do is take a little time to find out what's in it. And then when I find out what's in it, I have to say, that's mine. For all the promises of God are in Him, yes, and in Him, amen. Jesus is a yes pronounced upon every word of God that's in that Bible. You say, can I have my needs met? Yes. Can I be healed? Yes. Can my family be saved? Yes. He's a yes pronounced upon every single one of them. So when I ask something and I know it's in the will, ha- I'm i fully assured that it's going to take place. I don't get up and look. If it don't happen today, if it don't happen tomorrow, I still got it. Why? It's in the will. I said it's in the will. Somebody help me out a little bit this morning. Glory to God. It's in the will. God's word is His will. Asking is important and necessary. Asking is important and necessary. We are recipients of God's will. Uh, I wrote this down. We can activate the will of God for our lives with our faith. We can activate. Look, look if you will to Hebrews real church, Hebrews chapter 9. Hebrews 9, verse 16. Guess where I want to go? It says, For where there is a testament, there must also be a necessity of the death of the testator. For a testament is enforced after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Listen, there's a one who died so that you can have access and have what's in the wheel given to you, and that was Jesus. Not only he died so you could have the wheel, he liveth now to enforce the fact that you can have the wheel. I was reading, and you know, I was thinking about uh, last night as I was sitting there and I was reading about the wheel, and I kind of lo- I wrote this down in my notes, look at, the, look at what is in the wheel. Look at what is in the wheel. I've been looking at what's in the wheel for many years. And I'm telling you, I'm still finding out some things that's in that wheel. Huh? I, 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 thought about Isaiah. Isaiah. Let's go there real quick. Isaiah 53. Y'all know this scripture and y'all love it. This is a, this is a quoting scripture here that most people quote all the time. Hallelujah. Y'all right this morning? Y'all going to give me a few more minutes? It says, Surely Jesus, that's who it's talking about here, Surely He has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed Him, stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we are healed. And by His stripes we are healed. Listen, we find scriptures in the Word of God that should completely eliminate our wondering if God wants to do something. It ought to limit that. We ought to never sit around and say, well, I wonder if God wants to do this for me. I wonder if God wants me healed. I wonder if God wants me to have health. I wonder if God wants me to live a long, satisfied life. Well, the Bible says 700 plus years prior, before Jesus was ever born, Isaiah prophesied that Jesus was going to take stripes on his back for our healing. Listen, it's in the wheel. I said, it's in the will. I read the will and I said, hello, glory to God. God, I can live a long, healthy, satisfied life. You said, but there's people dying all the time, pastor. There's people sick, people dying of diseases. I know they are, but God's word is still God's word regardless of what's going on in the world. He will not, God is not a man that he should lie. He said it, he'll do it. Listen to me, Jesus literally was beaten. In fact, when, when Jesus was, oh, I'm running out of breath. I know you need in the mountains. <laughs> Man, we moved to New Mexico one time up in the Rio Dos New Mexico, and that's high altitude. I'd be preaching like this, and I was, I was almost on my knees, <laughs> sucking air, trying to, trying to get out. I think, dang, I got to slow this pace down. But here, here. Isaiah said of Jesus that by His stripes, you were healed. You are healed. 700 and something years before He was ever born. Then when they brought Jesus before Pilate to be crucified, Pilate said this, I find no fault in Him. I see no reason for him to be crucified. I see no reason for him to be put to death. But here's what he said, but he had him scourged. Even when he seen no reason or rhyme to it, he still did it. Why? Because it was in the will. Because God said it was going to happen. It was a part of the plan of God. And when they put him on that whipping post, and the Bible says in the Living Translation, it says they whipped him with a a whip that had lead tips on it. And they literally beat him. They beat him. They beat him. They beat him. They beat him him until he did not even recognize the man. Why? Because in the will, the Bible says that Jesus was going to be beaten so that we could be healed. So when you're sitting around and you're aching in your body and you're hurting in your body, you need to look in the wheel and find out God made provisions for me. Over, over, listen to me, over 7, 2007 over 27, 2800 years ago, God made a provision for me. And therefore, if I am, listen, if God healed me and it's in my will and it's my rights to have it, I'm asking according to the will and declare that I receive my healing in the name of Jesus I don't have to put up with this sickness and disease why? Because the will says that I have been healed and if the will says I'm healed then bless God I am healed in the name of Jesus somebody's got to stand on their hind legs and make some decisions in their life and say I believe the will what's 1 Peter 2 24 say? this is in the New Testament It says this. I could quote it, but I don't read the whole verse. Who himself bore our sins in his own body on the tree that we having died to sins might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Isaiah says you are. First Peter says you were. What does it mean when it says you were? That's past tense. That means it's already been done. It's already taken care of. I took care of that. You start saying, "I fit. listen, we all have issues and things come up in our body. We all have aches and pains that come up like that. And many people literally think, well, you know, the doctors give bad reports. Somebody just got a bad report of the other day. We have people who get bad reports and such as that. But I got news for you. In all the bad reports, in all the bad reports from the doctors, lawyers, what do you get? There is a report in the will of God, in the Word of God that will bring faith to your life and confidence in your life and hope In your life, if you will look at that will and say, "Well, I know what my body's telling me, but I know what the Holy Ghost has told me. I know what the Bible has told me." And let's God, if God cannot lie, this must be a lying symptom. This disease has no right to my body. I don't have to be sick. I don't have to die of disease. Hang on, preacher. You got to die of something. Well, go ahead. (laughs) The Bible never tells us you have to die of something. You can just go to be with Jesus. Uh, uh, F.F. Bosworth, he wrote the book, Christ the Healer. At 81 years old. He was, he, 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 was at home and, and he, and he had some people, uh, uh, friends, of friends of his went to see him and visit him. And he was uh, sitting up in his bed and he was talking to him and all such of that. And, and, uh, uh, he said, uh, I just want you to know, I'm done. I'm going home to be with Jesus. I've done all I'm supposed to do and I'm going home. He wasn't sick. Nothing was wrong with him. And that day he closed his eyes and went to be with Jesus. E.W. Kenyon, sit down in his chair, and he said, he told his family, I'm going home to be with Jesus at 10.30 in the morning. You come see me before I go. They all showed up, ate breakfast together, and at 10.30, he closed his eyes and went home to be with Jesus, and he wasn't sick at all in his body. Listen to me, why? God has made provision for you to live a long, set of, Psalms 91.16 says, for with long life, I will satisfy you and show unto you my salvation. I'm telling you, when you find out what's in the will, it gives you boldness to lay claims to it and say, bless God, I'm not just talking out of my head, I'm talking out of my heart. God told me I could have this. If God told me I could have it, I can have it in the name of Jesus. So if I can have it, I'm going to receive it. I'm going to get it in the name of Jesus. <laughs> What the heck? It said that we sit and say, well, I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's, maybe it's just my time. I don't know about you, but that bugs me. Well, that was just their time at 20 years old. That wasn't their time. That wasn't their time. Unless, of course, they was wanting to go. Come on, I... I I don't know how long Jesus is going to tarry. I don't. He could be back before this year's up. He could be back. He could. And I don't know how long you plan on living. But I'm going to be pastoring and he'll tell I'm 120 years old whether you like it or not. <laughs> well, I was hoping we'd get a fresh preacher before long. <laughs> well, I'll bring some of them in. If you go to Word of Life, you stuck with this preacher for a wall, for a wall, huh? If you ask anything according to my will, anything according to my will, Anything according to my will. Everybody shout anything. Say say it again. Anything. That leaves nothing out that's in His will. And He has provided everything that pertains unto life and godliness for you. Now I just gave you two scriptures about healing. This thing is full of medicine for healing. The Word of God will be medicine to all your flesh. Man, I'm telling you, if we could get this birth on the inside of us, the Word of God that God wants to supply your every need, you say, well, we're broke, busted, and disgusted. Well, God can change that too. He said He'd supply your every need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. In Philippians 4.19, that's in the wheel. Will. I said, that's in the wheel. I said, it's in the wheel. It's in the wheel. Hallelujah. Mike, it's in the wheel. Isn't that great? It's in the wheel. I found out about the wheel. I I struggled with some of the wheel before, and I'm going to close. I used to struggle with some of the wheel. And the reason I struggled with some of the wheel is because I wasn't spending any time in it. I remember when I first got saved, when I first got saved some back in nineteen seventy eight, March fifth, nineteen seventy-eight, started reading the word of God, started studying the word of God, started really getting hungry for the word of God. I tell you what what's really what really jumped in on my in my spirit was the fact that God wanted us healed. And I started reading and meditating on healing scriptures and the, the promises of God concerning healing, and I'm telling you right now, I I have never struggled To my knowledge, maybe when I was a a new Christian, but I have never struggled in the fact that knowing whether I'm healed or not. Nothing will ever touch my body that I don't reject it if it's coming to steal, kill, and destroy. Because I found out it's not God. See, some people toss stuff around, well, I don't know if this is God or if I don't know what. this is what, not God. You know, God giveth and the Lord taketh away. And, and, you know, I don't know, maybe God's trying to teach me something. Let, put, put this in your mind. God never teaches you with sick, anything with sickness and disease. Nothing. Nothing. Because He don't have it. And so I'll, I've walked in hell. I, now, I've had to have stood, stood, stood my ground on many times. I've had to quote. I have to quote my will. I've had to quote my will. Many times, many times had to quote my will, but it wasn't long till every, all those sins and everything else would leave in my body, as far as I know. And I, I know according to the Word of God, I'm totally healthy, totally whole, and, uh, everything's good. And the thing about it is, is, uh, but when it come to the financial realm, I struggled. Man, I would, I would get in doubt and unbelief. I would get mad. I'd get upset. Things wouldn't work in the way I thought they'd work. It seems like God said I'd supply my need and it seems like what's was covered with need. And I'd grope, I'd complain, I'd bellyache, and do all those things like that. And but what? Here's what the problem was: I wasn't spending any time in the wheel concerning my finances. Even though I hadn't learned enough, I'm supposed to tithe and knew I was supposed to offer. And we did that, and we did it when it seemed like we couldn't even do it. And then I'd have a problem when we tithe and offer, and things still didn't seem to work for us. And Linda told me one time, she said, "Randy, if you." Will get as strong in your faith towards our finances as you are in your healing, this thing will turn. So that was my goal. So I started getting strong in my finances and believe in the Word of God on that. Why? Looking in the wheel and finding out that God wants to supply my every need according to His riches and glory by Christ. Yeah. Finding out that God says, If I'd give it, be given unto me good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Finding out God said, If you'll sow your seed, I'll multiply the seed in which you sow. I have given you power to get well. God will bless my bread and water and take sickness. I mean, all these. I started looking at all these things, and next thing you know, we just started believing and putting more faith into our giving. Found out that prayer of agreement works. Find out that where two of the greaves touch anything they ask, you shall be done. A prayer agreement. I walked by my wife one day, and then I'm just clothes, I'm just quit. But I walked by her one day, she was sitting in the living room, and she was sitting there, and I walked by, and I, I was figuring up our bills, and I told her, oh, I, I need a thousand dollars just to meet my needs for that week. A thousand dollars. And I walked by and said, Linda, we need $1,000. Agree with me $1,000. She said, I agree with you for $1,000. I've done the petition God, talked to God about it. Within two days, there was a check in my mailbox for over $1,000. For over $1,000 from a couple in Arlington, Texas. that said they just felt like they needed to sow a seed in our lives. Started making a believer out of me. And I'm telling you what, God has supplied our every need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus, and we have learned to have faith in that, but we also know how to ask. You say, well, I need $1,000, and I asked Him for 100 and I didn't get it. There's, there's the deal right there. You ask way below what you should have asked for. Anyway, I'll get into all that later, praise God. Well, I'm going to quit. Amen? I'm telling you, God wants us to understand His will. He wants us to be people of prayer. I like what Mark Brzee, most of you don't have no idea who Mark Brzee Brzee is, but he's a pastor at a World Outreach Church in Tulsa that we go to every year for prayer conference. And he said his happy place was in prayer. And if you ever sit and listen to him pray, you say, "Here, he's one that I still find myself said, God, help me pray like that. Because he spends so much time. He goes all over the world. Him and his wife will jump in an airplane. On God will say, go to, uh, go to France and pray. They'll jump in an airplane and go to France and just get in a hotel where God tells them and just pray for several days just for that nation. They have fair, firewalls, which are prayer groups in, uh, in all different places. People sent out in their churches where they had to do nothing but go and get prayer groups and are praying over them countries and the nations. God's raising up prayer houses all over this United States of America where people pray. Because I'm telling you, this country needs our prayers. It needs our prayers, and we need to pray in faith. Amen? Make me a house of prayer. Say it with me. Make me a house Make of Make me a house of prayer. Father, we love you today. God, we thank you that you're for us and not against us. We thank you for your will that's in your word. Your word is your will. God, I pray that you stir within each and every one of us a desire to seek you and to seek your plan and purpose for our lives, to read the will. God, and then lay claims to what's ours. God, you're so good to us and we appreciate you so much. God, light of fire... Ignite a fire in us to pray. Stir that inside of us that we'll understand, God, that we won't won't just have a mentality that don't do any good. Because every time we petition you, every time we ask, every time we pray, you said ask and it will be given to us. So I ask right now, Father, I ask that you ignite in us a fire, a flame, a prayer. That we'll be a house of prayer, God. That that desire in each and every one of us will rise up, and God, every day we'll realize we need that time with God. We need that time, God. If we have any uh, needs, and we can petition you, and 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 give a, a definite uh, a, a, of what with definite things of what we need, God, we'll be specific. And God, we'll give you all the praise and all the glory and all the honor for. it. We love you, Lord Jesus. We praise you.